Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Hotel Mumbai, directed by Anthony Maris and released in 2019. The plot of Hotel Mumbai goes something like this. The staff and guests of the Taj Hotel in Mumbai are besieged by terrorists in a movie based on the true story of the 2008 terrorist attack. Um, now, we will get started in a minute on a spoiler-free review of this film and and then a spoilery review of the film. Um, but first, we just wanted to acknowledge that the timing on this episode might uh, come across as a little problematic. We didn't realize when we saw this film and when we decided to make the episode for this week that there would be a terrorist attack very near where we live in New Zealand last week. So we acknowledge that the subject matter of the film and probably the discussion might be quite upsetting for some people. So if that's you, um, turn off, go and find some nice puppies on the internet to look at. Um, but I think it's a good film and we think it's probably important to have discussions about films like this, but we recognise that the timing is a little bit off. Mm. Yeah, we saw this about a week ago. So it was um, well and truly before the attack in Christchurch happened. But yeah, we'll um, get into a spoiler-free review of the film now uh, mm -hmm. and let you guys know whether or not you should watch this movie. Yeah. The other thing to say is that also the movie, uh, in the movie, the terrorists are Muslim and mm. in Christchurch, the victims were. It is worth pointing out that the movie is based on a true story. Yeah. So it is it is based on a real terrorist attack that happened Yeah, as well. this is really something that happened. And so we'll get into that um, when we get into reviewing the film a bit, in a bit more detail. But first, we'll review it from a spoiler-free perspective. Yeah, I thought this movie was good. Um, I think you might have enjoyed it a little more than I did. Um, I was a little more analytical about it, I think. What I do really appreciate about this movie is its positioning of brown people as the heroes, with Indian people as the heroes, instead of letting the one white guy be, or the two white guys be the heroes of the story. Mm. They're a little bit more morally ambiguous, really. <laughs> Whereas um, Dev Patel comes across as very heroic in this film. Mm. Um, and Anupam Kerr. And, and Anupam Kerr and, and the police officers and a few other people mm. get to have quite heroic roles, which is really, really nice to see in a movie like this because a lot of the times they become very racially problematic when you've got a white hero and brown villains. Mm. It also spends a lot of time with the terrorists and sort of humanizing them without excusing them, which is a really interesting tack for the film to take, I think. It, it spends some time getting into why they do the things they do and what the structure is of their cell and things like that that I found pretty interesting. Personally, I wish they hadn't done a lot of that right at the start so that we could have had a little more time with the heroes and gotten to know them a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But it does make for a more nuanced version of this story than a lot of the times what we've seen. Yeah, you're right. I did enjoy it because I got so caught up in it. It's so gripping. Like, obviously, that's a total cliche, but it is very much puts you right in the middle of the action. And I think unlike a traditional horror film, I let myself get caught up in these a lot better and I tend to enjoy them a lot better because it, it does uh, offer that sort of going through the horror and then the catharsis at the end. Yeah, so I emotionally I was very much impacted by it. And clearly I was crying enough that Katie noticed at the end of the film. Yeah. Um, but I have had a week uh, in which to kind of think a bit more about it. I still think it's a really good film and it's incredible to watch. Like the experience of this film is just amazing. I mean, it's not perfect and there are a couple of things I would talk about. But, yeah, li like you, I thought it was a really nuanced kind of portrayal of what went on and it was 
even though it is, is directed by an Australian and a lot of the film was shot here, certainly I don't think yeah it doesn't seem to have the white savior feeling about it the way it was the way it was mm. made it seems to center ev- all the different stories that are important here um we do have obviously some white characters that we follow and that we like and but like you say there's probably some the more straight up heroic characters are actually indian yeah so yeah i think it's i i just it as an experience, this is just amazing as a, as a film experience in terms of something where you just sit down and you completely forget about the world. For the next two hours, it's just incredibly tense and really well put together on not very much budget by the looks of it. Mm. It's well, good. Yeah, very clever use of location and things like mm. that and that claustrophobia um, yeah. that we only break out of occasionally and things like the that. Real, to make the it feeling work. of the hotel as a character yeah. as part of this, um, the iconography of um, this this hotel in this city and the way it sort of stood as a symbol and then it was attacked. Yeah, obviously it's based on true events but I I don't want to spoil the film too much because I don't think, uh, apart from one who is named, who was was really there, uh, I I don't think most of the characters are based on real people. I think they're sort of Mm. amalgamations of other stories that happened and as I think you'll point out, they're carefully arranged so that we get, we get to see what's going on almost at all times. Mm. Yeah, that was one. I, I have a couple of things to say about it, but that's definitely one of them. There's certain things that happen at certain times in order to move the plot forward that you're like, this is a really dumb decision. Don't do this thing. Mm. Um, and they do it anyway because then we get to see what happens next. So, yeah, to me that was a bit like it took me out of it a bit because it doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem like what real people would do. Yeah, but you know, it. Other, I mean, it is a really well put together movie, and that you've got to balance the storytelling with reality and things like that. Um, mm. But we might get into some spoilers so that yeah, that we can get into that a little bit deeper. Yes, um, yeah, let's do that. So if you haven't seen Hotel Mumbai and you plan to stop the podcast now and come back when you have, yeah, there is one thing I, I will say. Also, there's a lot of weird like sexism and sexualization of women in this movie that I was not a fan of, and it happens mostly at the beginning. And then later on in the movie, it becomes kind of less so. Mm. But, like, there's a whole scene with Jason Isaacs just talking about the nipples of one of the girls that's being sent up to his room. Yeah. And then he kind of latches on to um, Army Hammer's wife, whose yeah. name I've forgotten. Uh, Nazanin bon- uh, Boniardi. Yeah. And, and like, for a while there, I was really concerned about her. Yeah. Because he is so gross at the beginning of the film, and mm. I was just waiting for him to do something gross with her. Mm. Um, like, it was really unsettling that character and the choices that they made with him mm-hmm. and like the way they positioned women at the start of the film. Yeah. Cause they, I mean, there are multiple ways they could have shown he's awful. Like he's clearly a Russian mobster. He, there's many ways in which he could be shown to be awful. I don't think he is a Russian mobster. He's a Russian ex like oh, spy right, yeah. soldier. That's what the weird, but we don't know that till right at the end of the film. I, yeah. I just got the organized crime vibe as well, but yeah. Yeah. Where, but it, the thing is, it's not like, it definitely seems that way at the start of the film and the end of the film we find out that he's ex what is it special KGB. forces KGB yeah um, anyway dodgy yeah but yeah it's and but it's weird that he's ex KGB too because he never really does anything ex KGB ish no he acts like a mob boss yeah he acts he's very entitled and mm. so it's weird that they just they like tell you that at the end and you're like it's not like he's like coordinated people or gone out and done a spy mission or anything yeah. like that in this film there's no there's no kind of reason for him to be ex-KGB unless this was a real person, which I found 
unlikely. Yeah, I think that's quite unlikely. Uh, I mean, one of the things I did like about this film is that, like, the characters are, they are so very human. Like, people make really dumb decisions and cowardly decisions and they do really stupid things. And he was kind of part of that, that moral ambiguity. Like, the world isn't divided into terrorists and good people. Yeah. I, I did like that about the movie, but, yeah, I do agree that they're – he was particularly gross at the start. Yeah, and, you know, his change through the movie seemed odd, although Jason Isaacs was definitely shooting for the roof with that performance. Yeah, I was – the one, one of the very few notes I made is that nobody's having more fun in this movie than Jason Isaacs. Yeah, and I don't know if having fun in this movie is really all that appropriate anyway. But Well, uh, no, I, then I, I once I wrote that, I was like, that's pretty horrible. But anyway, but he de- he definitely seemed like – he was uh, going over the top with that performance. Yeah, it was it he de- he felt to me like he was coming from a different movie. <laughs> like he felt to me like he was walking into this set of this movie from a, from a Bond film or yeah, something it's, like that. Yeah, it's very Hans Gruber kind of performance. Yeah, and you're like what are you doing why are you doing this in this real story? This is bananas. It, it's just kind of distracting a lot of the time for me like it didn't yeah. really work. It just distracted me from the main story. But uh it wasn't so bad when you got Dev Patel and Army Hammer there as well. Yeah, so. I kind of yeah, I kind of appreciated the I don't know, the break, the lightness almost that he brought to it. But yeah, exactly. When when our main sort of focus is on Dev Patel and Army Hammer and the people in the kitchen and all that kind of stuff. So there's there's a lot going on that doesn't involve him. I mean, he, yeah, he's not in it that much and there's plenty of other stuff going on to mm. to to take the um focus away from him but whenever it is on him i just find it very strange one person i did really like in this movie before we get to army hammer and Dev patel is um anupamka anupamka yeah who we who, we talked about last year when he was in the big sick yeah who i found a real standout in the big sick as um okay my brain's just not functioning today that's all right kumail's father kumail's dad so he's so funny in that movie and so kind of interesting and plays this kind of what could be a very one-note character with a lot of depth. Mm. And I kind of felt like he did the same thing in Hotel Mumbai. He plays a chef who who seems to be based on a real chef who was there. Mm. Um, and he is very calm and he's very organized and he really kind of coordinates the staff of the hotel to help out with this terrorist attack and also is quite a heroic character in this film. But he mm. feel like he kind of is tough on Dev Patel at the beginning and feels like he'd be a real he feels like a real person. Yeah. Um, and he, he imbues that role with a lot of dignity and depth, I think. And mm. it's really lovely performance. Yeah. I think a lot of the qualities that, that make him a hard ass as a boss also make him the guy you want on your side yeah. when this stuff goes wrong. Yeah. You know, he's really tough on the staff. The guest is God and all that. Like he's really invested in the ethos of the hotel and um, the, the, he, this is his life's work and this is what he does. Uh, but, yeah, he's exactly the guy you want organizing mm. everything. Um, the, ethos, the being really dedicated to the ethos of the hotel thing reminded me of how important it is to have, like, a workplace culture that everybody is that everybody ascribes to so that if there is ever something that happens, mm. then you can, like, look to this workplace culture and, you know, follow that kind of yeah philosophy which is something i you know they go through a lot with schools and things so yeah yeah usually i'm thinking about workplace culture when i watch star trek but absolutely yeah yeah definitely there are the staff of the the taj hotel were quite the example not all of them but most of them 
Yeah, well, most schools have like a motto or a philosophy and then mm. the school all knows about it. So um, yeah. that it's more closer to that guest is God sort of thing. But they have this beautiful scene where he talks to the staff about whether they're going to stay or go and be- because they have a way out through mm. the service stairs that the terrorists don't know about. Yeah. And uh, some of the staff go and some of them stay. Um, and it's a really, really beautiful moment. It's a really nice scene to see them making those choices and making the decision to stay in a really dangerous situation in order to help people who can't get out, Yeah, which I really appreciated. Yeah, and he watches Dev Patel's character, Arjun's journey as well. And so from the beginning where Arjun's in trouble because he forgot his shoes and all this kind of stuff, he watches what Arjun does and how he heroically saves people. Mm. And he grows respect for him over that time and they become the strongest alliance at the end that helps get most of those people out. Yeah. I I would say probably the main three characters of this film are Army Hammer, Nazanin Boniadi, and Dev Patel. Mm. Like they seem like the sort of central characters. So really the camera spends most of its time following them. I think also to a lesser extent Tilda – Cobham Cobham Hervey, who plays the nanny to the rich couple that Army Hammer and Nazanin play. Mm -hmm. So we spend a lot of time with her, which I found a bit frustrating because she doesn't do a whole lot other than, like, cry and look after the baby. Yeah, (laughs) she's a bit frustrating as well because she's very hesitant about going anywhere, even though they're stuck here. I See, I kind of agreed with her on that. Like, they – so at the beginning – she, you know, stupidly, despite the fact that she's in a movie, goes off and decides to have a shower. Should never shower in a movie. It's just a bad idea, especially no. if you're in like a, you know, a thriller movie. So she go- decides to go off and have a, sh- have a shower and misses the initial attack and then comes out to look after the baby. And then we get the incredibly upsetting smothering the baby scene as yeah. they hide in the cupboard. I don't know when smothering babies became like a thing yeah. in movies. So you talked to me about this afterwards. She covers the baby's mouth and the baby yeah. is clearly having trouble breathing, but I looked this up. So babies can only breathe through their noses. Oh, I got they the wrong They can't way breathe through their mouths. So then she must have been like covering its mouth as well or something. She was covering its mouth. But, I mean but, covering but its nose I, as well. Like, yeah, clearly, well, he was snuffling. He had a bit of a cold though. And so like babies uh, babies under the age of six months can only breathe through their noses. Yeah, so I got but that But once the they get around. a bit bigger, they generally only breathe through their noses unless they're sick and that baby was sick. Yeah. So what I was basing that on was my memory that you have to cover the nose and mouth when you do baby CPR. Ah, uh, right, right, right. So like I just got the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Like I just was like, but yeah. In, in any it, case, like the, I remembered the like, important thing, which is that you have to cover. It seemed like he was okay because he could, he still had his airways available, but he also seemed to be in quite some distress. Okay, because I the way that it, the sound worked on that it definitely sounded like he was choking like he was dying well yeah he had that snuffly thing that little babies have like when yeah. they're cold um yeah it was it was very very unpleasant and I but think- if you didn't know that that he wasn't like if you knew when you were watching the movie that he wasn't being suffocated that scene plays totally differently Yes, it does. I, I figured he wasn't being suffocated, but he was in a bit of distress because he was having trouble with, you know, he was sick, he wasn't feeling well. So d- it probably did play differently to me. Like I still found it very upsetting, but I'm like pregnant and therefore I have the whole like crying babies upset me more mm. thing going on. Yeah, so I was distressed on that level, but I figured he was able to breathe. Like, I okay, figured the nanny would know where which bit babies breathe through. I just didn't like – 
I thought that the point of it was that she was like. But certainly by the end, it sounds like he's starting to suffocate. Yeah. And you're like, take your hand off his mouth. He's because he's sick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But even if he's sick, if they can only breathe through their noses, then it shouldn't make any difference whether her no, hand well, is over no, his mouth or not. Um, no, they, he's older. That baby was like 18 months, right? He was over one or more. He's quite he a big not, baby. Well, well, I don't remember, but I don't think he was over one. He looked like somewhere between one and 18 months to me, like quite a big baby. But over six months at least. Yeah, he was over six um, months. So he could breathe through his mouth, but yeah, and if he had a cold, he would. Okay. It also could possibly be because I have seen two other movies where smothering a baby or a small child was a plot point recently. Yeah, I mean, it's still horrible. Like, watching someone try to keep a baby quiet is just horrible. Yeah, it is horrible. Oh, uh, not movies. Um, The other one is um, MASH, yep. rather famously. Like, the the episode where Hawkeye leaves MASH is because there's a smothering a baby on a bus incident. So Horrible. I, I don't know when that, like, seems to have sort of come back. But anyway. And the, the baby's important because – like a lot of the conversation we had afterwards and I think probably the idea of a film like this is to spark that sort of conversation of what would you do? Mm. And we were like, well, I mean, if it was my baby, I would do whatever I could to get the baby out yeah. and let my spouse – like the sorry, Nazanin Bonyadi and, and Army Hammer make all these efforts to get back to one another. I would have made the effort to get the baby out and let my spouse, who is an adult, get themselves out. Like I would – not want my spouse to die. Yeah, obviously. But the thing is, night and they and were in contact. This if is one of them had the baby, like surely getting the baby out is more important than anything else. Yeah, but this is a big spoiler, right? But like that, Army Hammer the, dies. We're in the spoilers, yes. but yeah, Army Hammer would not have died if, if they had the made out. that choice. Yeah, that this and is the thing. Nazanin Boniani would not have come close to dying if they had gotten the baby out. Mm. Like. Even just logically, their decisions would have been completely different. But also, I kind of get where the um, nanny is coming from. Because to me, logically, one of the safest places for them to be is still in that hotel room because that hotel room has been checked already. Yes, and they killed the lady who's in the bathroom. Exactly. So they don't know that there was somebody else in there. There's no reason for them to go back there. They've done that floor already and checked it. And they're very much occupied in other places in mm. the hotel for most of the time. So if they had stayed in that room, at least until the fire started and people started getting them out through the windows, mm. they probably had a much, much higher likelihood of living. And the the, um, the nanny and the baby's likelihood of living went down significantly when mm. they were put in that cupboard. Yes. Like that was much worse for them, you know. So, And mm. going through the hotel was much worse for them. Even making an, an attempt at an escape to try and get the baby out mm. was probably not as, like, statistically likely to keep them alive unless they had a really – they really yeah. knew that they had a good chance of getting the baby yeah. out. Like, unless they'd gotten those texts and gone, oh, the service stairs are empty, let's go down those. Um, which they didn't. Which they didn't, which yeah. would have probably been actually helpful. But like – Yeah, but again, like, I mean, this is the thing. It's uh, People are under extreme pressure and operating with only limited information and nobody has all yeah. the information. But, yeah, you're right. She would have – it would have been sensible. And she had a baby bag which was stocked with nappies and bottles yeah. and – yeah. So they were pretty well set to just stay in that room mm. and wait the thing out. And that was what she wanted to do. I think she was right and Army Hammer was wrong. Like, I think that Army yeah. Hammer's obsessive focus on getting his whole family back together was the yeah. thing that killed him. Yes, it was. He um, died of stupid decisions. Yes, and and I agreed with him to get out of the room at that time, but I did not agree with his decision to go and find the wife. I would have 
but then he didn't know about the service stairs. So yeah, exactly. So yeah. his decision to get out but of we the did, room yeah. was yeah was actually I mean yeah. based on nothing. I I would not have gone out of that room until if I had mm. the baby. Yeah. I knew that my primary and objective she was hears protecting the baby. as well. I think she hears from a news report from her dad or on the, from her dad on the phone. They're searching floor, floor by, by floor. Yeah, yeah. So they have really good information. Yeah. That staying in that room. Although she doesn't, is I don't think she safest. hears that until after the first aborted attempt to get out. But yeah. Yeah. When after she first says, yeah. but she does know. I mean, she's working with pretty good information that they've already been into that room. Yeah. Yeah. She has like, she managed to survive that by hiding. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a dead woman in that room already. They think that they've done that room, yeah. that room, you know, so it's a pretty safe place for them to stay as long as they can manage to keep relatively quiet. They don't even have to stay silent because mm. the doors have probably block enough noise from the baby to, mm. you know, and that bathroom, especially in a suite like that. Yes, and and like that bathroom with the big marble walls and stuff. Yeah, but but that was <laughs> like Hammer died from poor decision making. Yeah, in this exactly. Film. And I think Looks they want <laughs> he did. Um, I think they wanted to get obviously the wife and Jason Isaacs in that room as well, where they were being held hostage, so that Jason Isaacs could show off his KGB skills, but also so that we could remind the audience that the wife is actually a Muslim. Yeah, because she's the only uh, Muslim shown or visible Muslim in the film who's not a terrorist. Like there, there would be others, yeah. but she's the only one where it's made a, a plot point. Yeah, I think it's sort of talked about with a couple other staff a little bit, mm. but she's the only major. Yeah, and um, um and character, Dev, Deb Patel's character is, is Sikh, which is also um, important to the plot later. Yes, on. and I thought I also thought that was particularly interesting with all the. Um, we know that Sikhs have been attacked mm. with yep. people believing that they're Muslims and they sort of make that a point at one point in this yeah. film with the racist old lady and then the whole thing about like how his turban is a sign of honour and then he takes it off and oh, it's so lovely. Yeah. It's so sweet. To, to strap up the Australian girl who who then promptly dies, dies. for no reason again, yeah. which is so frustrating. Yeah, she sometimes. makes dumb decisions as well. The way this movie works sometimes where like – yeah, but not only does she make a dumb decision at that point, she is she can hardly move. I know. Why? Yeah, she Why tries to escape. Why would she get up and run out there? It's like, so silly. They do it so that they can like up the tension again. They, I mean, like, they do, but also this is the kind of situation where people make extreme decisions because they're under extreme amounts of true. pressure. So, yeah. But I, I, feel, I feel like a lot of the people who suffered for that, apart from Ami Hammer, were women. Yeah. Like, oh, the, her boyfriend also jumps out of the... The Australian guy, yeah. The um, hotel, like a second or third floor of the hotel and has one of the most intense leg breaks I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. That was amazing. That was amazing. But also... There was like vocal disgust from the whole group around yeah, us. It was. But I also think a little part of my memory pinged when I saw that and I feel like that's actually something that happened that somebody yeah. jumped from a window and broke their leg and yeah d- don't know if it was an Australian I did, did enjoy how obnoxious the Australian was because that rang true also the old racist white lady who was an Australian oh she's not in the oh movie. no that's right she's British in the movie yeah yeah it was just shot in South Australia. Their accents can be a bit yeah. <laughs> different anyway. No, she's, the but, actress yeah. is Australian, but that yeah. character is, is – they say British. she is British. Yeah. So. yeah. so I was like, mm-hmm, that sounds about right. Yeah. Stupid Australian trying to jump from a window. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. But the other girl, she gets shot down because of what the boyfriend decides to do in the first place. Yep. And then she's bleeding out and they take her to that doctor lady and, and the doctor – The ophthalmologist. Ophthalmologist, that's it. 
And the ophthalmologist is like, oh, she's bleeding into her lungs. We need to take her to a hospital. Dev Patel offers to do that and nearly gets her there. And then the police come in, interrupt them, and then she runs off. And also it seems kind of like she runs off in order to not have her death be the fault of those police officers. Yeah. Which is really, really frustrating. Like they, there's a lot of things in like that in this movie where they make certain decisions, but I feel like the end result is worse because they've made that decision. You know, yeah. like, so that makes, that puts all of the um, onus on it, of it onto this Asian Australian lady. Yeah. To get herself killed instead of making it the fault of the Indian police officers to get her killed, even though we know that they got other, the other officers killed by going yeah. in there, which. Yeah, they did, but. Could they- be, it. I mean, it's still not necessarily a bad decision in no, that case because they would into a lot of other options right and they i i feel like yeah they are quite heroic or they yeah. come across as quite heroic because um in something that really did happen there was no swat team available like the hmm. nearest one was in new delhi and like eight hours away or something and they didn't leave and they hadn't left a proper hour two hours yeah. or something like that so there were like four local guys with their whatever weapons they're allowed to have on, you know, on a normal shift kind Mm. of thing. And they do come across as quite heroic. They're actually kind of – they have a kind of a heroic slash comedic, almost comedic thing where, like, one of them's like, come on, let's kill them all. And the other guy's like, let's not do that. Yeah. You know, know, there's one guy in – And they do seem very much like provincial policemen, like ones, you know, sort of tall and burly and, like, they they look like they haven't, you know, run very much lately or anything like that. They they just – they look, you know, old and unfit and, Mm. you know, like the kind of guys who just happen to be on duty tonight kind of thing. Yeah. And one of them almost seems more kind of – reckless than heroic yep like let's race in there and they're like yeah and then let's think about it first get killed yeah well, i mean again I, I don't know i just that was part of the whole thing that i enjoyed about it, is that people make stupid decisions in yeah. these situations because they're utterly like you don't know what you do until you were there mm. and this kind of attack was not as common back then yeah um with sort of all these active shooters in place as well so i mean people make dumb decisions and mm. that kind of I don't know that that was something I enjoyed, but also, yeah, you're definitely watching it, going, ah, don't go in there. But again, that, that, that underscores that horror movie aspect yeah. of it. You're just like, oh god, don't go in there, don't take a shower. Yeah, or the at the end of it when, what is it? Somebody does. Oh, the guy, the cowardly guy who's in the group of of hotel guests. Yep. Who decides to then tell the news station what that they're trying to get out. Yeah, and how they're trying to get out, where exactly they're located. Yeah, but the, the weird there's a very weird thing that happens in this movie where they, the terrorists know for a long time that there's a huge group of guests in that room, but then they just give up on going into that room because one of them gets shot in the leg by two cops, and there's six terrorists. Yeah, that is a weird choice to me, especially since they a they went in there knowing they were going to die. Like, I don't know if this is something that really happened. It may have been. But they did go in there knowing they were going to die. And then they just give up on going into that room, like, after having the shootout with the cops. But the cops are then out of the picture from that point on. Yeah. So the terrorists are kind of interesting because the conversations that they have are actually based on the phone calls. Like, they got transcripts of those phone calls with their apparently Pakistani state-sponsored overlords. And, like, some of that is, is, you know, what – probably really happened but then there's also it's around the same time that they're like being told to take western hostages Mm. before they go well yeah we don't actually need them anymore just kill them Mm. so 
it could be that the priority changes into, oh, let's get some hostages rather than let's try and break down this door. But, but if they break that down we also, that door, they'd get more Western hostages. It, well, exactly. Also, we follow Imran, um, mm. who, who's the one who gets shot in the leg and the only terrorist whose name we really know. Um, I, th- I I definitely remember hearing some of the other names. Yeah, we, I mean, we heard them. But Imran is the one we kind of really follow, right? Um, and- Abdullah I remember quite well because oh, yeah. he's the one who um, tends to burst into violence against. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, there's a couple that we, we kind of know things about the personalities of a few of them. Yeah. And Imran is the, like, most conflicted yeah, about what they're doing. Yeah, so he's a lot less volatile than Abdullah. Uh, we also follow him and so he sort of moves away from there as well because mm. his leg is – messed up yeah in the second very messed up leg injury of the movie yeah but we don't see that as much no um and then yeah so he he's already conflicted on it and then he finds out his family's not getting the money they were promised and becomes more conflicted about everything and that's Mm. the only reason that Nazanin Boniani manages to survive the movie in spite of her poor decision making skills there's something really interesting that she does though I thought her performance was really good in this and there's something really interesting that she does in the way she walks when she's scared to go somewhere that like she kind of goes very straight and takes these like slightly smaller steps. Like she's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm very confident, but she's actually terrified. And it's such a nice piece of physical acting Mm. that really gives you an insight into how the character's feeling and is very, it feels so real. Yeah. It it also really tallies with a character who's supposed to be from a very wealthy family. He's very used to getting her own way for things just being luxurious and elegant and perfect all the time. Mm. That kind of, you know, stiffen your spine and keep going. Yeah. Feeling bad. Yeah. I really liked her as well. I'd only seen her in Homeland in which she does not have the best character arc. I don't think that show, that show does not treat any um, Middle Eastern people very well. And she is a victim of that on that show. So I was really excited to see her and she did such a good job in this part. Yeah. I actually was noticing um, Dev Patel for me was a real standout as an actor. He has some similar physical choices that he makes. For example, when he's in the, he ends up in the CCTV room. He, I think he, I don't know if he takes the policeman in there or he yeah. finds his way to the, the room they anyway. make They make him that's take right. them there because they want to watch what's happening. and Yeah, that's it. So he finds his way in there and he's actually left alone in there and his phone runs out of battery. And you watch him watch what's going on and you see his the physical changes in his body. Like you, he's freaked out, he's scared, he can see stuff happening but kind of does a similar, stiffens his shoulders, you know, stands up straight and realizes he has to get out there because he's a sitting duck if he doesn't. Yeah. Not just that he's a sitting duck, but he has a very visceral kind of desire to help. Yeah. He He is like very driven to help. And I think you also see in him this like frustration. That's right. Because he sees the policeman get die, and that's why he. That's does the policeman die? I think he just gets shot. Yeah, the the policeman that he's just been with gets shot. Yeah, and that stiffens his resolve to keep fighting. But yeah, he he has this very kind of forward momentum heroic arc that Mm -hmm. is like much more, and his decision making is a lot better too. Like he thinks about the smartest way to do things while also thinking of brave like being brave well he's one whereas army hammer is just like all bravado and none of the none of the like none of the smarts smarts because a couple of times he's only saved by somebody else doing something dumb or like chance really yeah i'm not giving army hammer any passes for just looking pretty no not because he really does some stupid things but that's the character Uh, i mean his performance is fine yeah yeah. it's 
not very special, but it's fine. No. I think um, the thing he does best is be hopelessly in love with Nazanin Bunyadi because that's generally what Army Hammer does best in most movies. It's, is it's be freaking hopelessly adorable. in love with someone. Yeah. And also in the early episodes, he's um like she's the wealthy wife and he's like the the regular Joe husband who's married her and he's like, Oh my god, look at this hotel. Oh my god, this suite is so fancy. So that that kind of thing where Army Hammer's you know, normally the entitled rich guy and he's like Because that's, that's who, who he is. He is. <laughs> but he, he's um yeah, he's kind of not like that. But De- Dev Patel also, his character is he's one of the first ones to really clock what's going on. Like he's upstairs mm. in the restaurant, managing the restaurant and um to which he's been exiled because of the shoe problem. He mm. didn't get the he didn't get the assignment in the uh in the room full of hookers, which is good because he didn't get killed. But he clocks what's going on very quickly, closes the doors, gets everybody down, turns the lights off. Mm. He's heroic from the moment he figures out what's going on. Yeah. From the jump, basically. The, one of the scenes to me that was the most tense in this movie is actually not in the hotel. It's in that that restaurant that the Australian tourists are in just oh before it. Oh, my God. That scene is, like, really scary. Insane. Yeah, th- this totally obnoxious Australian white guy and his girlfriend, who's Asian-Australian, yeah, they're clearly about to argue with the waiter about not paying the bill and then just out of nowhere the waiter's shot dead. Yeah. And then an explosion goes off and it's just, like... Not, not paying the whole bill. It's one thing on it that ah. they didn't order, and then it's on allegedly. The bill. I to me that looked like people who were spoiling for it, who were backpackers who didn't have a lot of money, were eating at a fancier place that was beyond them, and they were trying to scam their way into a cheaper meal. That was what I took that away from that. Oh. Like I thought I've they were trying to scam times a freebie. Been, I've just lots of times been charged for things that weren't true. True, true. <laughs> like I mean, lots of times that does happen. Absolutely, yeah. I just I did not ascribe benign motivations to that guy no that's fa- i um, mean that guy seemed like a dick but he, he just is i the, just very think that was like he's just such a an example of the ugly australian tourist in yeah. an asian country that i just immediately jumped to that conclusion i may have been wrong i don't know but that whole scene where the the waiter just dies in front of them and it's just so tense and then anyone who stands up gets shot it's crazy here's a really weird thing that happens both in that scene and then later in when the terrorists attack the lobby of the hotel there's nobody screaming no it's silent and you're like i mean it 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 makes sense for the people who are hiding to be quiet yeah people who get shot as we find out with the girlfriend later are noisy because they are hurting yeah it's right very they hard tend for them to, to like scream or cry out or something they're not just going to get shot and go down and and not make any noises yeah. they've survived that shot and they weren't aiming those shots right they were just going through people so most uh, surely a lot of people would have not died from the first shot and be screaming and then other people outside would have heard it and be screaming in something there's or, or something groaning that- or have like no- their bodies making some kind of weird involuntary noise yeah because i can understand trying to be quiet because i know a lot of people's tactic in an active shooter situation is to play dead yeah even if they have been shot yes yeah. or have or haven't um so i can sort of understand it but yeah i i would have imagined there'd be more kind of unpleasant bodily noises even even without that like somebody's going to be making noise yeah somebody's going to make like it, it, the fact that the concept that all these people would suddenly be silent i mean it, I, I feel like that might happen after the initial barrage of bullets yeah. so that everybody who's left is being silent so that they don't mm. get killed and i but i think in this movie it's just done to build tension and to create a particular soundscape for those attacks yeah but it, to me i was like 
What do you mean nobody's screaming? The people on the street surely heard them and would be yelling about it. Yeah. Like they must know that this is happening. Well, the people who got out as well because at that point there are people who've gotten out the doors, yeah. gotten out side doors, back doors, out loading dock or whatever. They'd be screaming for help as well. Yeah. There's also a strange thing, and I don't know if this is based on sexism in Indian culture or anything, but all the people – in the kitchens were men. Yeah, I noticed and that. And the only women who worked in the hotel were service women. Yeah, they were and receptionists they the ones, and cleaners. And, yeah, yeah, and they don't get to be heroic, mm. and the men do. I noticed there that. Are, like, there are very few heroic women in this movie. The women tend to just make poor decisions. There are, uh, I there think is... the most heroic woman is probably the nanny. Uh, there's the woman on the telephone who at gunpoint makes a call to tell some people to open a door and yeah, then and they, they get, get shot, shot and then she decides and then not she to. decides not to do that and get shot herself that's pretty heroic it is pretty heroic but at the same time she'd just done something that was not yeah like she you knew that she had already and then the, they, they forced the next woman to do it and i understand like people wanting to do that but the way that women and men are positioned in this movie is interesting to look at mm. basically yeah is what i'm getting at especially since the, yeah i think the most heroic woman is the nanny Yes. For keeping the baby safe and alive and everything. Oh, my God, yeah. And in order to do that, she doesn't do anything apart from hide and be quiet mm. and keep the baby fed and quiet, which is not nothing. I know it's no. not nothing, but it's certainly not Dev Patel going into heroics every five minutes, you know? Not that I mind. I am so here for heroic, dreamy daddy Dev Patel. That, oh, like, my Even God. just when he's putting his – it's not called a turban. I've got to stop calling it that. But his – wrap on in the morning yeah yeah and the way that like shoot, they shoot his eyes in the mirror is so dreamy <laughs> it looks so good in this movie anyway yeah yeah and he's like you know taking care of his daughter until his he, the childcare arrives or his yeah. wife gets home from work all that kind of stuff yeah i was um i was like at least one tall hot dad got to get home to his kids i could have sworn in the trailer they encounter each other again but ah. i might be misremembering yeah. Like, I could have sworn they see each other again at some point, Army Hammer and Dev Patel. Remember. I kept waiting for it to happen. Yeah. And then it never happened. I was no. like, oh, that's kind of disappointing. Like, he doesn't come across him again at all in the film. Mm. It, it is strange, but also kind of like, you know, we watch this sort of unfold. Yeah. Um, and then that's part of the tragedy of the whole thing is that, like, people just, you know, separate in really ordinary circumstances and will never see each other again. Yeah. It just was interesting to me. They And they didn't know each other very well. I mean, he was just their waiter at that yeah, point. Yeah, that's right. It, I also thought it was interesting how they dug into the economic disparity between the terrorists and um, Nazanin Boniati and, and Army Hammer. Like, yeah, when he sees the toilet. Yeah, when he sees the toilet and they're like, he's like, oh, my God, they have something to, like, take away their poop. Yeah. Um, and the little tarts and all sorts of things that they kind of really get into the mm. – opulence of this hotel as opposed to the poverty in which these people have come from no what's kind of important as to why the hotel itself is a character because it's the hotel is designed around the whims of westerners white westerners and it kind of dates it appears to date back to you know the raj the british rule mm. in india and the staff who themselves you know live in less than salubrious conditions and don't have a lot of money themselves turn up and put on a polished face and make this place so opulent and mm. so luxurious for people. So I think there's, yeah, it, it is a really interesting look at that that sort of disparity. And I remember thinking when it, when this happened actually about how the, to the hotel itself is particularly targeted because 
um, that's where rich white Westerners go because they, they think they'll be safe. Yeah, now, I'm going of- into this cocoon that is Western and has all these Western amenities and the staff will look after me. Mm. And and a lot of, um, you know, jihad sort of philosophy is around attacking that kind of Western opulence mm. and that economic disparity there. So it is kind of interesting the movie doesn't – it doesn't shy away from that. It presents mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And it doesn't make a value judgment on that exact – like the economic stuff. It doesn't make a value judgment on – it definitely makes a value judgment on the terrorist actions. Mm-hmm. That they're wrong and bad. But it does also present you with the like life that they've come from without actually doing any flashbacks or taking you there, but just kind of mm. through dialogue and everything you can figure that out. I think some of the – most interesting writing was in those scenes. So to know that a lot of them are based on phone conversations is is really interesting to me. Yeah, well, the bit about they have a thing to flush away their poop was so weird that it could only have really happened, you know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like things like that clearly were, were so kind of real. And they, when one of them plays a joke on the other that the pizza has yeah. ham on it or pork on it and he's like, oh, my God, no, you know, freaking out because he's eaten pork accidentally. And the other one's like, no, no it's just vegetables. You're yeah. fine. I just want to get more pizza for myself. Like that that kind of stuff is so bizarre that it had to be true. But I like that because it's important that ter- the terrorists are not monsters, they're humans, and that humanity stuff is there. Yeah, because it lets you know that like pretty much all humans can do terrible things yeah. and that humans can also do heroic things and, yeah. you know, even like – and the same thing with um, Arjun not coming from a very rich background yep. as well, but he decides to do those heroic things. And, yeah. And, and then that's part of also... his own um, – that comes from his own sense of morality, which yeah. is the, also the deep dive into Arjun's sense of morality I think is really interesting. They mm. really focus on why he does those things and, and that it's part of his faith and his outlook on life that mm. he chooses to make those decisions, and that was really cool to me. Yeah, and I think it's interesting just from an economic perspective as well, going back to our obnoxious Australian backpackers, like they're not wealthy. Going to the Taj for them is like a big treat. Yeah. And part of me was like, are they going to try and scam a free night? But probably they've been backpacking for, you know, however many weeks and this is their one treat night. Yeah. And it's there in a different position than the army hammers and Carmen Duncan, a racist white lady of the world who just go to a hotel and stay like this well and as an inboniati who but yeah yeah but then when compared to when compared to what the the terrorists have grown up with or what arjun lives with they live in incredible luxury yeah it's interesting i just check my notes to see if i got everything mm. oh five five production logos at the beginning oh. of this movie yep Five. Produ- I understand that you had to get money from a lot of people, but making an audience sit through five solid production logos at the beginning of a film before the film starts is a lot. So I know why that happened. Okay. So this movie was made by the Weinstein Company uh, and shot in 2016-2017, but obviously the Weinstein Company deservedly went broke yep. and wasn't able to distribute it. So midway through post-production – They've been scrambling around. There's lawsuits going on, like Netflix was going to pick them up at one point. Mm. But then there's a cinematic distributor in India who's like, you cannot put this on Netflix before I have a chance to run it in theaters. Mm-hmm. There is, yeah, there's shit going down with that. So I did, I looked that up because I was like, there must have been some kind of a battle to get this made. Yeah. And there's all this other stuff too, like the Adelaide Film Festival was involved in it because this was all 
not just Australian. This is shot and made in Adelaide mm. with like a South Australian director and South Australian actors. And there's, I mean, Adelaide's not really known for having any facilities for that kind of much in the way of facilities for that kind of thing. So yeah. there's a whole lot of like little people who've put together bits of money for this. Yeah. But it's, yeah, the, the Weinstein thing is actually one of the main reasons. Going back to the movie itself and stuff, mm. they do a lot of uh, um, juxtaposition between the poor, poor and rich. Mm. Um, and one of the ways they do that is in like these really opulent food porn scenes. Oh, of, yeah. Like putting together the food for them. And the way that that's done is um, – yeah, well, that's right. Uh, people, I can't remember what the scene is that it ju- it's juxtaposed with. I feel like it's Arjun's wife in in the area where they where they live. Yeah, that's right. And then at work, Arjun like walks through a kitchen where they mm. make like a thousand and one little little pies that half of which will never get eaten. Yeah, There's, it's also really interesting. To and me Arjun's that- an expert on fancy wine as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Like he talks about, he recommends a Chateau de Chem. Yeah. And and he knows about the alcohol that Jason Isaac wants. Isaac yeah, the wants fancy as well. fancy cognac. Mm-hmm. I have a comment that's just he's a big guy to hide in an elevator. Oh yes, yeah, yeah Army Hammer. Yeah. I know. I just he's so massive to hide behind a little cart. I, I just thought well, it was which, funny. I mean, that's part of the the um the tension of it, though. Um, yeah, it adds to the tension that these six foot five guys got to hide behind the yeah. food cart. But um, there's also right after that, my note is the elevator would have had to go down, pick him up, and come back up. In the same time that Army Hammer goes from the elevator to the door of his um his suite and oh, gets yeah, inside, yeah. yep. Like no, there's no way because it has to be the same elevator too because it's got yep. the cart in it. Yeah, like there's no that's insane. There's no way. This so that, that's sort of one of those like breaking. We, yeah, things. well, it's, yeah, it's one of those we need to get Army Hammer in this position so that you, the audience, see what the terrorists are doing. Yeah, we also have two notes in a row that say "shoes off" and then a leader which are both about Dev Patel. Yeah. But um, at one point I'm like, oh, he's going to go full McLean, but nothing happens out of him taking his shoes off. Well, no, it's just that his other shoes don't fit him. Um, no, he doesn't go full McLean, but that's again, it's a, again a nod to the socioeconomic stuff. Like he probably only has two pairs of shoes, the ones he wears on his bike and the ones he wears for work. Yeah, and one of them we saw we, we saw see, one of We see him lose that shoes shoes drop, drop it in his house. But, yeah, I just thought it might actually have something to do with the story, but they didn't decide to do that. No. There's, there's a couple of moments, right, where I'm like I was about to type in something like, oh, something's going to happen now to move the story forward, and then it happened. <laughs> um, when the cops get shot. Yep. Um, I was like, oh, okay, it's been sort of still for a while now. Something's going to happen to up the tension and, and up the stakes and, and, you know, move this story forward. Mm. And then the cops get shot. And yeah. it was the same thing um, when the girl comes in, uh, the, the girlfriend comes in having been shot. And yeah. at, that, at that point I was like, oh, something's going to have to happen now to move the story along and up the t-. And then that's what uh-huh. happened. Um, there's quite a few times when, like, I mean, I could see that happening. see the story yeah. beats. I, but I was way too invested to kind of be really, um, yeah. But I, yeah, I know what you mean. It's not neg- necessarily a negative. Yeah, yeah. Like it is just how storytelling is done. Yeah. But to me, it shows a, a bit of a lack of like smoothness. Yes, a lack of subtlety in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, even when um, I think we saw the cart in the elevator, and I was like, oh yeah, he's de- somebody's definitely got to be yeah, going to exactly. get stuck with that. Yeah, like there's certain things that are just like, and it, it's that kind of the little too movie-ish stuff when it's compared with the stuff that's more real that feels a bit yeah a little bit out off yeah oh i did um just thinking about what how the film's put together i'm pretty sure they interspersed real footage with 
yeah, footage that they, they did. did. Um, there's quite a bit of stuff that looks like it's come straight from a news reel or a news footage or something. There's just a couple more notes that I have. One is the cops need target practice because literally they try and shoot one guy, can't get yeah, him, and then only manage to shoot one other guy in the leg. We talked about this. Yeah, they're, they're literally the local guys I know. who are unfit and have about six bullets each. Yeah, exactly. Like. Yeah. It was, it was probably like crazy stupid, stupid brave to go in. Like yeah. it was brave, but it was also incredibly stupid. But also what else were they going to do with the information they had available to them? Yeah. That also, also the convenience of that, the terrorists being told that they needed Western white um, hostages, hostages yeah. literally right before seeing Army Hammer. Oh, yeah. Like right before seeing Get him. a rich one, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, boy. And then um, Nazanin Boniardi writes her little letter. And I'm like, oh, one of them's dying now. Yeah, yeah. Like that is just well, I, a, which, that's a actually, death sentence. When she wrote the letter, I was like, "Oh, she's not going to die." Oh, okay. I thought I just thought one I, of I them. I mean, was. I I assumed that meant that probably he was. Yeah. But I was like, "She's now that she's done that, she's not going to die." Yeah. I also noted that it was hard to track people when the whole escape thing happened, yep. which might have been on purpose. But like at one point, I was sure I saw Dev Patel get shot. Yeah. And then he walks out, and he's fine. And I was like, "Oh." Yeah, he what? Well, because they um, at the very end they run through the kitchen from the gunman. Yeah, and yeah, it's really hard to see who's getting shot and who isn't. Yeah, it, it's very, um, and I'm sure it's meant to be disorienting and confusing and stuff. But it was a just, I think, a juxtaposition of shots. Like there's a close up on him, and then you see somebody who kind of looks like him getting shot, and it's very quick, and then yeah. it moves on to the next thing. And I was like, oh wait, did he just get shot? Yeah. Um, um, well, I mean, I think and I tracking the the nanny through was hard too. Yeah. And I understand it's a very big hotel. Like it seems to take up an entire city block, mm. but it was really hard to follow the geography of the yeah. hotel. Like where were these people? Where were these stairs versus these stairs versus where were yeah. the bombs going off? Like I think that was to probably to do with the limited sets that they had. Precisely. And it does put you in the experience because if you were there and you were a tourist, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know all that stuff. No, but, but you might know. You know some. Like you but, know where you were in compare in comparison yeah. to where you were just before. Yeah, and where's the lobby? And yeah, yeah. So some of that was a little bit hard. But again, I think that's limited sets, limited budget. Yeah. And another moment of strange humor in the middle of drama is um, when Jason Isaacs is asked what his name is, mm. and he says something, and the the terrorist doesn't speak any English. And so he goes, I don't know, it's a long name on the phone to the guy because he thinks the whole thing that Jason Isaacs had just said was his name. Yeah, it says something really simple like, my name is Peter. Like he, he made it up. Like it was a made-up name, I think. He he makes it up, but then he has a whole – He, he says just says more. a whole sentence. Yeah. yeah, he says a whole sentence. My name is Peter, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then Imran's – no, um, Abdullah, Abdullah is on the phone and he's yeah. like – I don't know what his name is. It's a long name. Yeah, because they was, don't speak any English. Yeah, yeah which was but it was such a like odd moment to be funny. Yeah, and there's quite a few moments that the terrorists are like funny. Yeah, it's the humanizing stuff. Yeah, they've been asked to do something that they they don't really know what they're getting into. They've been chosen or groomed for this job precisely because they're not very worldly mm. and because they just don't really understand the consequences of it. Yeah, young and dumb and full of bravado. Yeah, um, it, it is. It's it's a very classic example of young, stupid men being radicalized. Yeah, but yeah, and then you watch Army Hammer sh- get shot and bleed out on the floor, and that was like 
very upsetting for me. Yeah, because he didn't need to move. He was just no. He was just testing Imran because he was like, well, Imran's got a broken leg. How fast is he going to react? But Imran's clearly getting better by this point. Like Imran's sort of regrouped a bit at the, that point, and he makes a really dumb decision. Gets no, shot. he's 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 got his eyes closed. He's got his head against the wall, so he's trying to check if he's asleep or not. Yeah, but yeah. It, there surely surely there are other ways. Yeah, he's got rope around his hands. He could like throw the rope or something yeah right like there's other ways that he could have tested that instead yeah. of just trying to get up straight like this is that's his whole character yeah, no, and he does he does he does he's like the policeman he's just stupid brave yeah um and it's it's impactful because he has this wife who we like and a fucking baby yeah well the wife also makes some she, very she does. questionable decisions although at least she has the, ex- the excuse of not knowing where the baby is yeah so like she ne- she wants to go and find the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So her her that's an excuse for her making really 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 dumb yeah. decisions, like just walking away from a group of people down a hallway. And yeah. it's pure luck that those people got shot and she didn't. Well, I, yeah, but I yeah, but that point she doesn't know where the baby is, and she's not getting any. Um, is she getting communication at that point from the nanny or the husband? I can't no, remember because yeah. he's already been kidnapped at that yeah. point. So yeah, I understand that. Like, yeah, me too. Would, but yeah, you'd think that you'd at least check. Yeah. She doesn't look around the corner. She walks out. I know. Like she doesn't she doesn't even do things that are just basic survival instinct, things mm. like hide behind something, look around the corner. She just walks. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's just a way you're gonna get killed before you see your baby. Yeah, yeah. Also, she does the whole thing in these heeled shoes that clack against the floor all the time, and everybody keeps wearing their heeled shoes and making lots of noise when they're walking around. They have taken the, they've taken them off by the very end. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, wouldn't you just? Yeah, even if you're really panicking, this is a 12 hour long siege. At some point, at least some people, somebody's going to click, oh, maybe we should take our shoes off so we don't make noise when we're walking around. On these marble floors. And then tell other people. Yeah, I know. You know, like, it's just weird to me that these things, because we can hear it so clearly. Yeah. Like, you can hear so clearly all the people as shh, 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 clack, 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 and you're like. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think we can probably give this a rating by now. I, I think that's probably something that maybe people would do in a situation like well, this. Yeah, it's yeah. just so um, weird. I actually saw some pictures from the real siege just when I was getting ready to do the episode. And, yeah, people have got their shoes on, but most of them, the people in the picture were wearing flat shoes. So I'm like, well, that makes sense because you don't want yeah. to step on glass or blood, slip on blood or any of that stuff. And also, like, it's probably not going to make the same amount of noise. Yeah. If you're wearing, like, runners or flats, yeah. it's not going to make the same amount of noise as high heels on marble no, floors. No. So, yes, ratings. Um. Oh, jeez, I don't know. I just loved this movie so much that I think I'm going to go high, even though I know there's problems with it. Like, I'm still, I'm tossing between four and four and a half. Four is what I gave Captain Marvel, which I saw in the same weekend. And, like, this is the one I keep raving about. Yeah. <laughs> so, four is probably what it deserves. So, I probably would go with that. But I just, the experience of watching this was amazing. Yeah, I think I'm going to go four as well. I think a lot of the things that I have problems with, I mean, I want to take into consideration well as well that this is a film that was all made in Adelaide with local people and was made on probably what's a pretty tight budget. Um, they spent a lot of their budget on their stars and mm. it was worth it because Dev Patel's just magnificent in this. It's interesting that Dev Patel's doing so many Australian movies too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, he was definitely worth investing in. Mm. And I think it was really, really, really well made for the – constraints that they had on it Mm. and i'm glad we got to see it in spite of the weinstein company falling apart but i do think that there's some like 
you know, if this was a Hollywood blockbuster, it would have that sheen on it, that it would take away some of those like smoothness issues and the kind of obvious, oh, they're doing this for the plot. Yeah. Even though it's inconsistent with probably the character issues and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like show notes or old episodes, you can find them on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. And if you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.